Hello, everyone, and a special welcome to Julia. We're very excited to have you today. Uh, you're a great addition to the Revenue Maverick program that uh, we're building. Welcome, everyone. I'm Matt Rizzani, your host, and I am a Revenue Maverick advisor. For the audience today, I'd love to introduce you for a moment to Julia Herman. Uh, she's the Vice President and Head of Global Revenue Operations. Uh, what's very unique is that Julia brings over 15 years of experience in revenue operations across different companies and across different skill sets that are usually required for that specific function. During her period, um, she has been in several hypergrowth companies. And anybody that has experienced hypergrowth company, you understand that you uh, experience both a startup mentality as well as the need to refine optimization as the companies get larger and larger. So the need to build structure and operation efficiency requires um, a breadth of skill set that Julia has developed over her tenureship in the industry. And so we're excited to have her today. Uh, Julia, for you today in the program, we would love to hear from you on how you look holistically to the revenue engine um, within organization. And we also know that you prepared the three metrics that have made a difference um, in, in your experience that you would like to share with the community today. So what I'll do, I'll turn the time over to you and let you present and uh, let's have a conversation around what you are offering the community today. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Uh, really excited to be here. So the first slide is really just an overview. Uh, so I really wanted to kind of talk about something that's can be very timely again depending on when everybody's doing their budgeting but i really wanted to look at you know the fundamentals of really building an annual budget for next year um, i'm going to talk about three specific metrics today and how to put them together uh, i'm going to be very high level but again there's obviously a lot more details that go into this uh, and you know again feel free to reach out to me if you if you want more information uh, so the three data points i'm going to be talking about today is pipeline created uh, pipeline conversion metrics, and then rep productivity. So I noticed that here at the center, you talk about revenue forecast. Why do you think these three elements in particularly uh, impact directly the forecast of your organization and maybe in terms of the budget size that you're considering for today's presentation? So I, I think there's obviously a lot of metrics and a lot of data you look at when you prepare the budgets. Uh, for me, these are the three core ones because essentially using them together, they are the building blocks for you know your initial budget. You can add a lot more data, a lot more assumptions and make a lot more changes to that. Uh, but I really think if you don't understand how much pipeline your reps are generating, where it's coming from, what your conversions look like, um, and then again, what you can expect from each person on your sales team, it's gonna be very hard to put together a budget. So to me, these are kind of the core, core metrics for that. I think uh, it's very well said. Uh, Takeaway here on this slide is really, if you don't have a lot of uh, metrics inside or a lot of experience, if you can cover at least three basic pillars, you're positioning yourself in a successful manner to um, make budget decisions to impact positively the outcomes of the revenue forecast for next year. Exactly. Okay, let's dive into it. 
Okay, so the first uh, item we're going to look at is pipeline creation. So I think, you know, as revenue leaders, we're all very familiar with pipeline and pipeline created. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time describing, you know, what pipeline is. I hope you guys understand. So for me, historically, I've worked in SaaS businesses. So new AR is, you know, for the teams, the most important. A renewal AR is another, you know, monster in itself. So you need a whole nother session just to cover that. So for this presentation and this piece, I really am specifically speaking about new AR. Um, so it, what we are looking at is essentially um, how we I slice and dice my data to start thinking about, okay, how much pipeline are we bringing in? So right now, again, I want to start with the standard pipeline creation metric, but I want to emphasize how important it is to really break that out by team. So right, if you have an enterprise team, if you have an inside sales team, if you have a mid-market team, any other team you have by geography, I would suggest you actually look at each one of those teams separately rather than lumping them all together. Because especially when you build out the budget for next year, you do really want to consider each segment, right? And figure out where your growth segments are and where the opportunities lie. Um, so for, you know, the, the first one, uh, I'm giving an example for my enterprise reps. Uh, so this is how much pipeline they've created um, each quarter in the last 12 months. So again, if you're on a calendar year, um, I'm looking at Q1 to Q4, you know, January to December. And really, this is how much new pipeline they're producing. The one other split I did between my enterprise sales team is I also broke them out between new reps and tenure reps. So again, what you count as a tenure rep really counts and is very individual based on your sales cycles, your onboarding program. But again, this is something that you should know and you should start to evaluate when you actually consider a rep, a tenure rep versus a new rep. Uh, because again, you are going to see very different um, expectations and, you know, very different, um, let's say, results potentially in these metrics if you look at new hires versus people who've been here uh, for longer. So for this one, um, again, in my experience in, you know, my past companies, I do find that new reps actually tend to create pipeline at a higher rate in the beginning. Uh, because again, they just got handed a whole new book of accounts. Uh, they, you know, are hopefully working on some accounts that they've dealt with in the past. So right away, they're very eager and they're, you know, reaching out to those accounts and really starting to build that pipeline, especially because when they're coming in, they're usually not coming in with anything where the tenure reps already have opportunities that they are working on, you know, pipeline they've built over the last 12, 18 months. And this way I have seen, you know, again, in the past that in the first couple of quarters, sometimes the tenure reps, you know, actually create less pipeline than the new reps. But again, depending on sales cycles, you know, enterprise versus inside sales, that really does vary. Um, so on the top chart, you also see that we have targets for each um, type of rep. So again, this, you know, on average, we're expecting them to create $2.5 million of pipeline in Q1. And then again, you could see historically how they've performed. So although I am speaking about this, you know, on a budget for next year, this is a metric that you really need to look at, you know, month over month, quarter over quarter, and make sure that your reps do have goals for pipeline uh, so that you could make sure that, you know, at least the pipeline portion is there because it is a leading indicator, obviously, to the closed one revenue. Just a quick question on this one. Yeah. Um, I think you're bringing up a very good point with regards to being able to 
look at each of the team or and in this case also uh, new rep versus tenured independently in order to get the right um, statistics so i think it's very very valuable what you said one thought that comes to mind here when i look at this chart is seasonality of the business uh, where in some companies there's more of a hockey stick approach where they plan to close more later um, i noticed that you know in other companies it could be that they close a lot first and then they close last a quarter last uh, how does seasonality impact the way you're thinking about um, these metrics in creation yeah, absolutely. So I think for this, it's you really have to understand your seasonality, right? When I worked on, uh, you know, the government side, Q2 and Q3 were huge for us, right? A lot of people spent their budgets Q2, Q3. In the enterprise B2B world, you find that usually Q4 is your hockey stick. So, um, you know, and maybe Q2, Q3 are a little bit of a lull, especially if you're working in Europe. Um, you know, a lot of times they have the summers off and business is just in general very slow. So. The seasonality is really, really important because, you know, here we are looking at pipeline created, but, you know, again, when we are building our budget for the future year, we will want to look at the pipeline we already have and how much coverage we need for Q1 targets or Q2 targets. And again, how long that pipeline takes to convert. Um, so again, here, depending on, you know, by region, and that's why I say, you know, regions are very important, especially if you're in a global business every country every region has very different seasonality to it right so it is really important to do that and then this way you make sure that you have enough coverage for that pipeline when you are setting those goals awesome thank you so the second piece is the pipeline created by source um so again i think it's really really important to understand where your pipeline is coming from so in my uh, history, we've always bucketed it into kind of three primary categories. Obviously, there's a lot of subcategories underneath this, but really, who created this pipeline? Where was the first kind of contact from that? Was it sales? So sales making their own calls and reaching out, you know, was it marketing? So again, your SDR team, your demand gen teams, right? Really going top of the funnel and introducing new leads to your sales teams or did the leads come from our channel partners, right? And again, there you have very different sales motions, sell to, sell through, sell with. But again, you really have to understand where that pipeline is coming from, because at the end of the day, you want to be able to measure, right? How much your partners are bringing, how much is your marketing spend uh, converting into pipeline? And these are really, really important because if you don't have expectations for how your pipeline is supposed to look and where it's supposed to come from and you just have one large sum it's also very difficult to hold other teams accountable here right by understanding how much you're expecting from each source and seeing what those results look like it really does add you know accountability beyond just the sales team so you know if our marketing pipeline is coming in under then we have to go back to our demand gen team and say hey what's going on you guys aren't living up to your end of the bargain, right? Because at the end of the day, sales really does involve almost the entire company in order to sell something. So you wanna make sure that other teams feel just as accountable for their numbers as sales feels accountable for their sales targets. What a, what a great point about, keep in mind that uh, revenue operation is not just about the sales teams, but it's really bringing together all those different pillars uh, marketing, sales, customer, finance, right? Where they can all come together and, and making sure the contribution is even out. So thanks for bringing that out. 
So the second metric we're going to be covering is the pipeline conversion metric. So here, essentially, now we're taking a look at, okay, here's all the pipeline we've created. How are we actually converting that to closed one revenue? Uh, on this slide, I'm only showing one example. So again, I'm showing an example of closed one by tenure enterprise rep. Uh, but again, when I do the data, I slice and dice it in as many segments as I can. So again, different teams, different regions. Um, and if, you know, again, very different new versus tenure because when I'm building my ramp models for next year, I wanna make sure I really understand what a rep hired in Q2 can deliver, what a rep hired in Q3 can deliver for the year because it does really change. And because ramp times do vary by company, you really need to understand and have, you know, again, realistic expectations of when your reps can start delivering revenue and how much revenue that will be. You know, a lot of people I've found make the mistake of saying, well, if somebody's hired July 1st, I expect them to deliver 50% of the revenue that, you know, a 10 year rep has. Uh, but again, you, you're forgetting that not only were they not here for half the year, but then they also do need time to onboard and learn and actually build up that pipeline because a lot of times they're starting with zero. So that's just something else that, you know, I think is really important to model out. Um, and, you know, you really do need to understand it because this is where I see a lot of people do get in trouble. Um, so here again, I'm just showing by rep the conversion rate. So again, you know, in this example, they range anywhere from 23 to 30% on average. And how I'm really looking at it is, um, you know, the closed one revenue divided by the closed one plus closed lost for that quarter. There's different ways to look at this data in terms of right looking at close rates. Other people look at how much pipeline did I start with. I just find that, you know, in my experience, pipeline dates have shifted so much and you have to pick a really good time for, you know, to get that snapshot. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of times data goes up, data goes down, deals increase, decrease. So for me, the cleanest, cleanest way to look at this is really just taking a look at everything, you know, close one divided by close one plus close lost in that quarter. So it doesn't even matter if this was forecasted two quarters out, if they close lost it in Q1, I'm going to put it in the Q1 bucket. And, you know, again, sometimes a lot of times you might see negative numbers here, especially for new reps. Maybe they're not closing anything, but close winning anything quite yet, but they could be close losing a lot because they see it's just not the right fit. So again, you really do need to look at this by segment to really understand what your close rates look like. And then the other important part is you really do need to look at it by source. Uh, so again, in my experience, the sales opportunities actually convert at a higher rate than the marketing opportunities or even the channel opportunities. It does vary by, by region and by company, but um, again, you really do wanna look at those sources independently to make sure that you really understand, you know, cause you can't just say I need Forex coverage because the Forex coverage could be different depending on where that pipeline is coming from. Uh, one question that comes to my mind um, is, you know, data accuracy or, um, you know, the CRM hygiene in a, in a way. I think about the scenario where uh, you have a lot of new reps or maybe DBDR, SDR team that put a lot of opportunities in the pipeline of an account executive. And of course, if you reject and close out a lot of pipe, then of course that immediately skews uh, that conversion rate uh, quite quite strongly, right? Uh, what recommendation do you have in order to um, 
have the right conversion rate in relation to how you manage the hygiene of the database. I think the first one that uh, I've always done in the past is I haven't put it into pipeline unless it's a sales accepted opportunity. So again, SDRs create opportunities, but it's almost like they're creating leads, right? Marketing is creating leads. And then after a whole checklist of qualification criteria that the rep needs to go through with their SDR and a meeting, if that meeting is successful and the rep wants to pursue this opportunity, then they put it in the pipeline. So again, they're the ones to actually convert it and say, yes, I'm going to take this because the other part that we're measuring them on Matt, like you mentioned, is how well are they converting on these opportunities? If marketing is giving you a million dollars of business and you're closing a hundred K of it, you know, is that okay? You know, sometimes it, it is and sometimes no, because your counterparts could be closing 500K out of that million dollars of pipeline. So it is really important that reps are responsible for picking the opportunities that they want to work. And again, ideally you're partnered with your SDR and you have a good relationship that you've built where, you know, again, there is some pushback that's allowed and it's not just everything gets dumped into pipeline. Um, I also really do like introducing a kind of a pre-stage to your standard stages. So, you know, kind of call it stage zero. So here is a place where you can work those opportunities. You can work those leads. You can work those channel opportunities, but it's not actually going to count in pipeline until you put it into stage one. And stage one is the thing I count when I'm looking at pipeline created. And then it's what I'm looking at when I look at conversions. I, um, I think uh, you are, um, you read the mind of a lot of uh, experienced revenue operators. We've been hearing a similar message from other leaders, the importance of that either stage zero or that pre-qualification approval from an account executive before it's accounted for versus automatically just going into as part of the pipeline. So uh, those little definitions are the things that people want to take away from how do you put in place the correct pipeline conversion metric you apply some of this filter you just mentioned to have that accuracy. So thanks for clarifying that. And one more thing I will mention on the slide is that uh, this, you know, especially if you start to look at conversion rates, you can also start to build out almost your cost of acquisition model. Uh, so again, you're spending a certain amount of marketing dollars to, you know, get the pipeline, but here you're actually seeing how it converts. Uh, so this is a really good way to understand which channels are working, right? Is my um, LinkedIn channel working better than, uh, you know, my, let's say, conferences? And, you know, you really can't optimize how much dollars are going in to how many dollars are going out. Um, and this is, again, really important because as we look to grow revenue, we want to make sure that we're not doing it, you know, in a way that's not efficient for the business. Excellent. Let's go to metric number three. Let's do it. So this is the last one. Um, so once you have how much pipeline your reps are creating by segment, you have how each segment is converting that pipeline. Now you can start to build out a plan of what rep productivity looks like. So again, this can be done in Excel. It can be done in fancy um, software that you could use, but essentially, right, the, the most basic part is I now know an enterprise rep whose tenure is going to deliver $2.5 million in revenue. 
And then I know how much revenue I can expect from a rep, a rep who starts in Q1, Q2, Q3, because again, I've built out my ramp modeling. I have those metrics and I, again, I have a buy segment. So it's not like I'm lumping everybody in into that huge bucket. And then from there, you start to build it out and you start to model it out. And again, you can make assumptions, right? Well, I'm assuming my marketing conversions are going to go from 15 to 18% next year. I would say you can definitely play around with that, especially if you see some abnormalities, let's say in the data, right? A large deal closed lost or something else that happened, you can try to isolate it and pull it out. But, you know, again, rule of thumb is don't change it too much because it's not really very realistic. And here again, you want to have something that you can actually achieve for the year and you want to have the data to back that up. And if you are moving it, a significant amount, have a plan of how you're going to get there, right? What enablement are you going to put in place? What changes are you going to make to make these improvements, right? How is that change going to actually help you drive that metric? And again, really make sure that you're setting that bar and you're tracking against it each quarter. Uh, very good point. Question for you on this one. Uh, so you talked about the fact that um, there is a change year over year of improvement, right? Uh, the current graphic, of course, shows uh, the essence of that skeleton says, hey, we can produce this. This is our conversion rate. Therefore, this is what we need. Um, do you include in, in the way you run your models also maybe what is the expectation that although it was 37% conversion rate last year, we do expect based on new hires, some strategic bets that we're doing an additional 3%, 5%, and therefore the pipeline needed reflects that 37 plus three equal 40%. Uh, is that something that you guys have found success doing? What do you recommend? So again, I start the year by saying, okay, here are the numbers for this last year, right? These are set in stone. Again, sometimes you have to forecast out the last quarter because again, you're really not doing budgets after you already finished the year, you're usually doing it the, the quarter before. So you do probably have to make some projections and some forecasts for how you're going to finish the year, but pretty much everything else is set in stone. And then from there, you make those assumptions, right? So what you're seeing on the slide is already, let's say, with those assumptions included. So my marketing conversion could have been 15 and my, uh, my goal is to get it to 18. Um, you know, again, my current productivity for a 10-year rep maybe is $2 million, but I think I can get it to 2.2 because I have an awesome enablement program that we just put in place. So it's really about, right, looking at each of the metrics and what you are doing to impact it. Because again, if you just take it with no change, again, I don't think a single sales or finance leader is going to approve that. I think they always want to show some kind of improvement. They want to show that the investments you're making in your team uh, in the company, in the technology is going to drive some revenue growth. And if you can't show that the investments you're putting in are actually driving that, then nobody's going to let you make any future investments. Makes sense. Thank you. Sure. So I think for here, um, again, I, you know, one important part I wanted to touch on is when you are doing that waterfall and you're modeling out again, you know, how much you're expecting from your 10 year reps. Again, we're looking at not just the pipeline, they've created in the year, but we are also going to look at the pipeline that they're going to start next year with because, you know, essentially it all adds up and not to say that all the pipeline is going to go to the next year. Again, depending on your sales cycles, it might push out even further. And then obviously you're going to create pipeline next year, but there's no way 100% of the pipeline you're creating next year is actually all going to be closed one next year. So again, 
it's going to impact future years. So it's really important to model out seasonality, your average days to close. And again, this does very much vary by segments, enterprises versus mid-market versus inside sales. And then the last part I'll talk about here is rep attrition. So the one of the biggest mistakes I see that um, revenue operations leaders make when building budgets is they don't put in rep attrition into their modeling. Uh, unless you have the most amazing company in the world, you cannot expect 100% of your reps to stay there. Some will leave voluntarily, some will be forced out because they're not hitting their goals and they're not creating enough pipeline and they're not getting on the phones. Uh, but again, based on your historical data, and you should look this up, you know, you should check with your HR teams how much your attrition is. Uh, in this example, I'm using 20% rep attrition. So you actually have to estimate, okay, 20% of my sales force may leave, right? Yes, I will be replacing them, hopefully, with new reps, but they will need time to ramp. So it's not a one for one, you know, the numbers do really fluctuate and do go down. So you want to make sure you build that in. And all the numbers I'm showing here are expectations, right? This is how much we actually expect a rep to deliver. This is not the quota I'm giving the reps, right? Once I figure out what those expectations are, I'm actually going to give them a quota, you know, an average of 20% higher than that to give ourselves a buffer because obviously, you know, we have managers, people come and go. So you do want to make sure that you build in a healthy buffer between all the different levels so that if you do have attrition or if something doesn't work that, you know, you can essentially have room to fill it and make it up. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm, you made me think that if, if someone will want to make these, um, uh, these two type of visuals for themselves even more effective, on the one hand, they could even break down here this is the walk-in pipe for the year right that we already have so they can quickly see the difference because that's a very important piece to have right and maybe they could even add that piece as an individual column to say look we walk in with x pipe they can all produce this therefore we also expect that this is probably what we need as a pipe um, and i think that plays in the same manner uh, with regards to your attrition right losing um, a brand new rep versus a 10-year rep it's a different AR quantity of the pipeline that you are now neglecting in your waterfall metric. So um, uh, I think this is a very good template to, to think in terms of how do we calculate really that productivity and what are the true expectations if we really break it down. So thanks for explaining this today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Matt. Okay. The first question we have for you with your experience is, um, what advice would you give to a CRO or in some cases CEO, depending on who you have more in charge of the revenue, but based on those roles, um, what advice would you give them to, to help the operational leaders like yourself to bring more alignment between the disparate revenue operations of marketing, sales, customer, and finance? What specific help do you think they can offer you? I mean, I, I think the biggest one, I think, the most helpful is when everything is on one team, right? So again, your revenue operations team is really responsible for marketing, customer success, and sales, because again, you're looking at the same metrics, um, you're using the same data, and it's really, you know, again, a lot of the questions each of those teams are asking, they're actually asking the same questions, just from a different lens. So I, I would say that part is, is very helpful. I would say the best thing to do is to try to centralize your data. 
So this is really where I've seen, you know, struggles in the past. Finance is showing one data set, sales is showing another, marketing is showing a third. So this is really where, you know, again, if you can't have revenue operations under one house, you do at least need to have a core BI team and platform and agreed upon data that again is accessible. It's not somewhere in a spreadsheet in somebody's computer. It's really accessible to everybody, you know, who is in that role, who needs it. And then this way, when we're doing board presentations, the three leaders aren't showing up with different metrics. So that's really important. And, you know, again, I think for, for me, the, the investment in technology and automation is also very important, I think. You know, really good CEOs, you know, CROs, they see that, they see where technology can help us and how it can help us improve efficiency. Uh, because again, a lot of times I think it's just, you can only do so much on the people side and it might not be as efficient. There are really some great tools out there that can help in this role. Yeah, very well said. So takeaway on that one is centralized information create a, one version of the truth that is available to everybody um, and uh, come to meetings prepared to talk about the same data so that you can drive decisions instead of arguing who's right or who's wrong. Listen, Julia, thank you so much for, for joining us today on our podcast and for being available to be a revenue maverick here for the community. So um, great insight. Thanks for your time and for putting the time to prepare these slides. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it.